Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Educated Spending. I am your host, Katie Rourke. I'm here today with my coworker, Bianca, to talk about access to financial education and financial literacy before you get to college, how that impacts your financial decisions, and hopefully to talk about some of our own personal experiences with that. So if you want to introduce yourself, Bianca. Hi, I'm Bianca. (laughs) As Katie said, I'm Bianca. Um, And I am also a financial aid counselor at Wentworth Institute of Technology. And I have had a very storied and um, I guess I've had a roller coaster of a past with my finances. Which is why I brought her on because really we're all here for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to have money and know what to do with it. And it's hard not to have money and know what to do with the little that you have. Right. And I think actually what's interesting about us is we both, kind of have a similar educational experience. We both went to Catholic schools Mm -hmm. where I don't think financial literacy was prioritized at all. Right. Which seems wrong, but maybe I'm wondering if it's because they didn't think we needed it. Yeah. I (laughs) I was, I've been thinking about the same thing with my um, lack of education or even just Mm -hmm. financial literacy in general education. And I think, yeah, I think it's, because it was a private school, they assumed that if we could afford to go to the school, whether it was a payment plan or we were paying all at front, they were like, well, they must know something about how to do it and left it up to our families to teach us. But that just wasn't a conversation that was happening in my house. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the difference is it was a conversation that was happening in my house. Mm -hmm. My my family, so I don't, we had no right going to Catholic schools. I give my parents so much credit for literally breaking their backs to make that happen for us. Yeah. yeah. And of course, that my dad still says to this day, the money we spent on your high school and elementary education was your college fund. So mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Which now looking at my life and my choices, if I do have children, while I loved my private school experience and I'm thankful that my parents did that, I don't know that it was worth not having a penny saved when I was looking at colleges. Yeah. And of course not something I thought about. I was a little brat who was like, I'm going to New York city and I'm going to be a ballerina. (laughs) That works out so well for me. Look at me. I mean, you are still a ballerina. That's true. So That's there true. is that. <laughs> I think there was never a conversation, but I feel like a similar situation happened in my house where, um, yeah, we, they really scrimped and saved and did everything that they could to send me to um, Catholic elementary school and high school. Um, but it wasn't easy for them. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there wasn't anything left for me to go to college with. Um, and so I had, a, you know, was very, a very stubborn 18 year old, which I know how rare that is, but it's <laughs> <laughs> a very stubborn 18 year old and, um, wanted to go to a small liberal arts college to study writing. And, uh, so I only applied to two schools, um, and neither one of them were very affordable, but I didn't really understand what a cost of attendance breakdown looked like. And 
those numbers were all there on the websites, but they didn't really make sense to me. And so um, I kind of just ignored that part of it. Mm -hmm. And um, in the in the long run, I, I wish that I had had any kind of resources to be able to read those pages because I, I vaguely remember having college fairs and mm -hmm. the, you know them kind of having a, a section about like oh when you are looking at a cost of attendance this is what it is but it was very brief and it was very vague and so I was like well it must not whatever it's I'll deal with that part of it later and then later came and it was like oh I'm probably just gonna stay home and go to the commuter state school at home and mm -hmm. that ended up being fine um and I still managed to accrue quite a bit of debt <laughs> that I didn't really understand the implications of either at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my second semester when my dad showed me what I had borrowed for the first semester, that it all kind of hit me. Yeah. And I was in New York City trying to make it as a ballerina. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, and I couldn't double major because I was a, it was a master's of fine arts, very specific program. So I was like, wait a minute, am I really going to spend over a hundred thousand dollars in debt to become a ballerina and i'm looking around the room seeing all these other girls that are 10 times better than me mm. is this a good investment in my future and mm. luckily i had enough sense to say i this is not this isn't the career for me right um and i think i also missed kind of an academic environment mm. so anyways yeah. that's I'm thankful yeah. that my dad sat down with me and said, like, I just want you to see this. And I think that's something that's missing in a lot of families is yeah. students get to graduation and they are like, I kind of lost track of what was happening with the loans and now I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. I know that for me, um, initially I, cause I, I can relate to that conversation of hearing that conversation in my high school of girls who didn't have this I went to an all-girls school which is why I'm specifically saying girls but <laughs> yeah. um yeah the my classmates were all getting to go wherever they wanted mm -hmm. and um you know we don't know what the conversations were in those houses but they they didn't seem pressed about it mm -hmm. um and when I was getting down we were getting down to the wire and I had actually um committed to a school in New Mexico that was this like tiny writing school and I was so excited but I remember my parents having this like very panicked look on their face all summer mm -hmm. <laughs> and my mom telling me you know I don't care what it takes we're gonna make this happen for you she just so desperately wanted me to be able to do it and I realized what kind of toll it was going to take on them financially. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I was like, I can't leave knowing that they're going to be borrowing crazy loans, maybe have to like use the house as like collateral. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't even know if that's how it would have worked, but that in my brain at the time I was like, they're going to be penniless and live in a hut and I'm going to be <laughs> off following my dreams. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't reconcile it. Um, so I think, the most important thing is having these conversations when students are not even thinking about college yet. And I, yeah. I don't know how much is happening. I know Massachusetts, while it's progressive in a lot of ways, mm 
the financial education has a long way to go in high schools. Mm. And I know some other states are doing a lot better than us. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, it comes down to money and access and time within right. and resources, really. Are there, yep. are there people in these schools who are able to talk to students about these kinds of things? Right. And if they're not talking about it in the schools, are the conversations having, happening at home? And I think, um, I mean, it, it would, it would be great if there was a class while you're in high school that teaches you like basics, like how to file your taxes. What is a W-2? All of that stuff, you know, cause you're right. That is when we need to be learning it. Um, because as soon as you leave high school, all of a sudden, all of these like huge responsibilities are like kind of just placed on you. And it can be so overwhelming. And I know for me, I was so overwhelmed that I just ignored it mm-hmm. and was like, ah, I'll deal with it later. And then later came and I was in some hot water because I um, was super behind on my payment plan or on my repayment for my loans because I um, foolishly thought that if you ignore your debt, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I, I finally, and I think I was also just afraid to call, mm-hmm. um, my, so my loan slash services, services, my loans are serviced through Nelnet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing these like scary looking emails in my inbox and I just kept ignoring them and ignoring them. And then all of a sudden I was behind on six months worth of payments and I finally, also I can see Katie like, like I'm looking sweating. so stressed. <laughs> like, say <laughs> uh, um, but I finally opened the last email and was like, okay, we got to do something about this. And mm-hmm. um, I finally called and, and I was very lucky that the customer service rep who I was talking to was super helpful. And she totally talked me through how to, um, how to defer if I needed to, but she also talked me through setting up an income-based repayment plan, Mm -hmm. which alleviated so much stress because I finally had the answers that I was looking for. And while it was, it was definitely on me for not being more proactive about it, part of the problem too was just that I didn't know where to start and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out where to start was so overwhelming that I, you know, couldn't get myself to do it. But once I finally did, I realized that it was a lot simpler than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm still on a, on an income based repayment. And, um, once I feel like I'm at a comfortable spot financially, I can, you know, increase those payments and make them uh, higher. And um, while I currently don't have a tech, like t- I don't technically have a, a balance due every month, mm-hmm. I still am putting money towards interest so that when I do have a balance, I will have at least made some progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that your point of you were kind of afraid to call is the same way that a lot of students feel even if they can't 
pay their college tuition bill. It's like, well, if I just don't say anything, maybe they won't notice or they won't come after me. But in in reality, we want to help them in the same way Mm -hmm. that the lender wants to help you. Because if you don't make payments and you get sent to collections, that's not good for them because they're not making any money. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately, they want to help you to find a plan that you can afford and you can make the payments, essentially. Um, I was actually talking to a student yesterday who's close to graduation and she was like, I feel like all my friends are just saying like, oh, this is my loan payment. And I, I don't know how they found out that information and, and how, did they, how did they know and, <laughs> and where do you pay? And I was like, okay, let's yeah. take it one step at a time. But definitely reach out to your lender because that's, that's why there is a lender. Right. That's why they have customer service mm-hmm. so that they can tell you where and how and when to pay because ultimately they want their money. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, you know, as well as I do that customer service representatives hear everything. Mm-hmm. So if it's embarrassment that's stopping you from calling or you're, you're thinking, Oh, well, they're going to be mad at me or they're, you know, they're going to scold me at least. I mean, you know, maybe I'm only speaking for myself. I'm always mm-hmm. afraid. I hate talking on the phone because I'm like, no matter who it is, they're going to scold me. I don't care if I'm calling CVS about a prescription. They're going to get mad at me. I did something wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, But we don't have time to unpack all of that. But (laughs) the customer service rep isn't going to like berate you. It's what what you're saying. They want to help. We want to help. Right. But we we can't help somebody who isn't asking. Right. Exactly. It's never the customer service rep yelling at the customer. It's always the other way around. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're just as afraid of you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) So when you were getting behind on your payments and kind of in that situation, um, Mm -hmm. did you talk to your family at all? Were they aware or were you embarrassed? I, what was going on there? It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my mom was on me constantly, mm-hmm. um, just being like, you need to call, you need to call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was always like, I will, it's fine. Um, I also was in the process of moving to Boston cause I'm, so I'm from Texas and I was in the process of moving across the country and I, I didn't realize that I needed to just do it until I got here and was actually alone. Yep. Because I didn't have my mom in my ear being like, you need to call, you need to call. And it wasn't just something that I could be like, mom, you're just being annoying. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is real. I need to figure this out. Um, Cause now I'm entering the adult world and I'm looking for jobs. And uh, when they do background checks, your credit mm-hmm. is one of the things that they look at. And I did not have good credit because I was mm-hmm. six months behind on my loans, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has, that was in 2017 and I'm still, my credit score is still recovering. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, my, my mom knew my dad kind of stays out of it. I don't know if it's a cultural thing in, mm-hmm. it, it probably is to a degree cause dad doesn't get involved until it's like things are bad. But <laughs> my mom was, uh, she was trying, bless her heart. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I can appreciate how hard it must be to be a parent in that situation because they can't do it for you. Right. It's all in your name. Like you have to take that ownership and take control and mm-hmm. 
you know, just be in the driver's seat. And mm -hmm. that's the only, that's also the only way you're fully going to understand everything is if you roll up your sleeves and, and start digging around. But um, once I, and that was, that was also really a nice relief to be able to tell my mom, I finally talked to them and mm -hmm. I know exactly what I'm doing and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of where I was, where I was with that. Um, but I had a, a situation when I was actually, when I was applying to my job at Wentworth, they did a background check and that came mm -hmm. up. It was a mm -hmm. question that I, I had to talk about it with, um, I was hired through a temp agency, but I had to talk to the hiring professionals about it because they're like, uh, we, you're working in an office that deals with a lot of finance stuff. Mm -hmm. so we need to know what's going on with you before you, before we let you into this space, um, which I understand completely. Um, mm -hmm. But these are, they're just little things that you don't think about your credit score affecting until you're confronted with it. Right. Yeah. My, my so my younger brother is 25 and in the weeds with pay, repaying his loans and stuff. And similarly, my mom, I've been hearing her or she'll call me and be like, can you tell Michael? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this. But um, he, he's doing a pretty good job repaying his federal. He's, he's has moved home. So has a little bit more um, mm -hmm. disposable income, which he's mm -hmm. thankfully putting towards his loans. But he had a couple private loans with a super high interest rate. And I, I just heard my mom for months being like, just call and ask if you can refinance or if you can get a lower interest rate or what you can do. Like interest rates right now are really low. This is a good time mm -hmm. to maybe talk to people. And it was like, mm -hmm. I, he was just like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm concentrating on paying off my federal loans. Like I'm not worried about that one. And my mom was like, she literally pulled out the paper and was like, look at the interest that you are paying. Like you pay this much and $5 goes on your principal. And like, finally something clicked for him. Yeah. And he called and He's got a lower interest rate and I don't know. It's oh, all, great. it's all taken care of. I, yeah. I, I heard of a happy resolution recently, but <laughs> again, had my mom not been in his ear constantly, I, one, I don't know if that he would be paying his federal loans in the mm. capacity that he's paying them now. Yeah. Um, because she was like, just throw money up at them. Like, let's sit down and look at it. And he mm -hmm. definitely for the first, he moved to Boston right after he graduated didn't have any extra money, was making absolute minimum payments on everything and then moved home. And my mom was like, okay, this is the time. Let's sit down and talk about this. And he was like, okay, I've ignored it for two years. I think I'm ready to, to look at it. But yeah, but not everyone has a mom in their ear. Right. And it's pretty easy to just ignore it right. and ignore your mom if, if you really want to. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you don't have that consistent person or someone right. telling you about it because it's not it's really scary and mm -hmm. it's overwhelming yeah especially if you have a lot of loans you're making like 10 different payments and the, you don't see your balance going lower it, it can feel helpless right so Absolutely. I think my advice to anyone would be even if your parents aren't talking to you about it talk to them about it because mm -hmm. maybe they don't want to step in but they probably have something to say or some sort of insight. Um, and if the conversation is not going to happen at home or that's not a comfortable conversation, call your lender. Yeah. That's what they're paid to do. Absolutely. And um, you can also, if that feels scary or you're not sure how to find your lender, you know, um, 
you can call your financial aid office and mm -hmm. they will probably have resources or be able to at least point you in the right direction. Um, and sometimes that's all people need is they need to, they just need to know who to call mm -hmm. and yeah. how to find that person. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm never upset to hear from an alumni who's looking to pay their loans better than they're doing currently. I'm always like, great. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That relationship doesn't need to end when you walk out the door. Right. And yeah, I mean, you've heard us talk. We're, <laughs> we, we're nice people. We <laughs> we're not scared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's true. Cause I've, I've gotten emails from alumni who I don't even have a history with necessarily, mm -hmm. but yeah. they just want help. And it, it is, it's nice to hear from them and to know mm -hmm. that, that they're trying to, to do the right thing and trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, even just like financial, my mom is really good at budgeting in general. And my mom does the budget for the house. And uh, mm -hmm. I think there have been brief periods where my dad gets something like my dad gets a bug in his ear and it's like, it's my turn to take over the finances. And it never lasts long. Mm -hmm. um, my mom always takes it back over because she's super organized and mm -hmm. detail oriented. And um, so I watched my parents like, sit down and, and look at the budget and they would, you know, it was like the, a very tense Thursday evening would happen where they'd go into the computer room and close the door and um, you'd hear a lot of papers shuffling around and sighing. And uh, so I knew that, that budgets were important. I knew that you had to think about that kind of thing. And we weren't, I never wanted for every, anything, but we were not affluent either. We didn't mm -hmm. have just like extra money to throw around. Um, so I, I grew up with that in my head mm -hmm. of like, okay, I need to always be aware of what I have and how I spend and making sure that I apply money to the right places. Um, and honestly, it was so much easier when I was working an hourly job mm -hmm. because I didn't have very much money. So mm -hmm. I had to be super on top of where every dollar went. Mm -hmm. um, but when I ended entered my professional life and all mm -hmm. of a sudden had a salary <laughs> which even still isn't a ton but it was more than I had at the time um yeah. I stopped paying as close attention to what I was spending money on and um it actually in a leopard sets meeting with Katie um we were talking about uh we had our, our leopard sets ambassadors showing us different budgeting tools and I was sitting there, you know, with a like, oh, this is great. Yep. Oh, great. Great work, everybody. You're doing great. And there's like sweat pooling down my neck. Where I'm like, what am I spending money on? Um, and then I downloaded Mint that day. And I mm -hmm. actually, Katie will, will remember, I went over to your cubicle and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's made a huge difference. I have, I have savings now. Mm -hmm. I didn't have savings at the, be at the end of last year and mm -hmm. now I do. And I, um, am trying to be more, I mean, it's easier now, right? Cause we can, there's not right, many there's places to, to do. Yeah. There's nothing to do. <laughs> um, and my hobbies are not expensive hobbies. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it, you know, I'm, I still feel like, okay, I know, I know that I have this payment getting auto, 
uh, withdrawn on this day. I know that I need to have money for this. I know that I, and uh, you know, those apps are so helpful because they've got like pie charts and all these visual Mm -hmm. things that I really need to be able to understand how it works because you're just looking at numbers in your bank account. Right. Doesn't mean anything. Um, Right. Yeah. I think with anything, I guess just in general, but knowledge is power because Mm -hmm. even with repaying the loans, like call the person, get the information and you're able to make the difference. Knowing where your money is going allows you to take steps in the right direction or to change your habits. If you have no idea where your money is going, you can't do anything. Yeah. I know even for me, something that I'm terrified is, is uh, terrified of is my 403B retirement account. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand how it works in a lot of ways. And I get those emails from HR that say like, Oh, meet with a rep from, from the company and you can talk to them about where your money is going. And I, Mm -hmm. I have never done it because I'm so afraid, but I need to take my own advice and just take control of that and be like, okay. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, someone's taking care of it. Like they're doing the, they're putting (laughs) it where it's supposed to go. But in reality, I have no idea. And I get the statements and I look at them and I'm like, I, I made money. Okay. But, um, just kind of being okay with embracing something that you're terrified of because you know that having that little extra knowledge about it will probably benefit you if not today in the future. Right. Um, I need to take my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause yeah, we, we, it's really easy to tell somebody like you need to do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at these like percentages next to your paycheck when it's like broken down and it's like, I, cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's money there. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. <laughs> right. Hopefully it'll still be there when I retire. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, well, I was also freaking out with everything that's going on in the world and the economy and like hearing all these things about like, oh, the stock, stock market's down again. And I'm like, oh yeah. God, yeah. should I be putting money in my retirement account? Should I have stopped? So I ended up writing a blog post about it because I was yeah. like, I need to, I need to educate myself. I need to take a step and make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Um, obviously if yeah. I'm going to be talking to anyone else about it, <laughs> right. um, long story short, you should continue to contribute. Um, that's yeah. the right move. <laughs> but um, yeah, just having, not doing anything blindly or, or assuming that someone else is going to take care of it is the key to taking control of your own finances because no one else is going to take care of it. Right. <laughs> it all comes down to it. It's your money. Absolutely. And nobody has um, higher stakes mm-hmm. in the situation than you. You know, anybody who is managing your account, if, you know, if you have like a money market account and mm-hmm. there are people managing it for you, um, that's their job, but they're not personally invested. Right. So yeah, the, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yes. So, so yes. <laughs> moral of the story, knowledge is power. Do your yes. research, call your lenders, talk to your family, open up those lines of communication. I, I, my big um, soapbox thing that I that I want to do is just to normalize talking about money. Yeah. It's so people don't want to talk about it. People get so right. uncomfortable when you bring up 
salary or savings or credit scores. It's just like, why, if we're not talking about this in our homes, which a lot of us are not, we are all just blindly walking around with no information, confused and afraid to ask because talking about money is scary. Right. Yeah. So I was even in training my ambassadors. I was like, you know, just ask people if they have savings and one of them was like, oh, well, you know, will a student be comfortable with another student asking them these kinds of questions? Mm. And I was like, probably not. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to normalize this. So you right. need to, of course, approach it in a way that's comfortable, but mm-hmm. you need to know that if they're not comfortable, to- I mean, if they came in for the meeting, they have to be comfortable talking about it. Right. And that's, that's what we're there for. So right. you have to find a way to break down those walls. But yeah. And honestly, a lot of a lot of times I feel like people are a lot more willing to be open with the information than not, especially mm-hmm. if there's an opportunity, you know, if they're like the opportunity is there for help. Mm-hmm. Um, if, yeah, if you're just like sitting around, uh, around a campfire and you're like, let's talk about your 401k. I could see how that would be like, well, why though? But it's right. important. It's like you, it can feel, you can feel so alone mm-hmm. and you can feel like, well, everybody else seems to have this figured out, but mm-hmm. it's because we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if, yeah, you're right. If we were to talk about these things more, I think we'd all see more commonalities and feel mm-hmm. less scared about handling it and about taking control because it's a, it's just part of the conversation. It's just something that we do rather than like, well, you hide, if you have a money problem, hide it. No one will ever trust right, you again. Right. And it's like, well, that's not true because everybody has had money problems at some point. Right. Unless you're like in the 1%, but that's not right. who we're talking about. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No one has it figured out. Right. If they, if they act like they do, they're, they're lying. <laughs> yeah, they're just very good at pretending. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I think we touched everything I wanted to talk about. For the most okay. part, do you have, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think just <laughs> being like taking control is as empowering as it is useful. Mm-hmm. You'll feel more confident. You'll feel more in control of your life just mm-hmm. by taking these small steps that feel huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll take so much. You'll be able to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. which is so important. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think it goes well beyond just money because for sure. Yeah. It's having that knowledge is just freeing in so many ways. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will be back maybe next week or maybe in two weeks. Um, but either way, we'll be back soon. Yep. It was a pleasure talking to you, Katie. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah.